In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to a special weekend episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, I'm your pal, Ryan, and uh, man, I I couldn't be more excited to have the guest that we have today. Now, I teased this on Friday's episode, and part of me was just going to release it on Friday, but I know I released so much this week that I wanted to give you a second to catch up and... Uh, uh, and, and also it was good for me. I did this interview Thursday, Thursday morning, and I couldn't have been, like I said, more excited to do it because our guest is just somebody I so immensely respect. But after I rewatched, uh, this piece that we we talk about in this, this making a scene piece, uh, done by variety and, you know, Kate Arthur, our guest today interviewed, uh, Heather Gay. She inter- interviewed executives and producers over at Shed Media and Andy Cohen. To me, if you've been listening to my show, I kept asking for a fourth part of the reunion that would actually answer some of the questions that were poised, not just through the season, but then into the reunion and some of the social media antics. And for me, this 30-minute piece answered so many questions and my conversation with Kate that you will listen. You will hear me change my perspective. Now, I think that is one of the strongest stances you can have as a, a Bravo fan, and I relate it to sports teams, even though I hate sports, is that you really, you really go for your team that you believe in. And, you know, listen, I have so much empathy for Monica Garcia and obviously the pain that she is going through and and is part of in regards to her family. Uh, And I was really hoping that they would bring her back because I wanted to see her answer more of these questions. But uh, some of the questions that I was frustrated about not having that knowledge of when I did my uh, two-part recap this week, uh, they were answered in this piece. And I almost wish I had uh, talked with Kate first and then done my recap because, listen, I will say I can completely uh, I can completely understand now why Monica is not back, at least for the beginning, at least for this season. Because there are just some really, there, there's some obviously questionable behavior, of course, but there are just some things uh, that you'll hear in this interview that I'm like, wow, okay, so she was posting his reality Von Tees during the filming. Now, you'll hear me also uh, tell Kate towards the end of this interview, I still think Heather, uh, I still think Heather planned uh, that phone call in the, uh, the the last day of the Bermuda trip. But listen, they, we'll, we'll find out more about this, but I think... What's so brilliant about what Kate does, and she does it at such a level um, that, you know, I'm in awe of sometimes 
but it's so great to have, you know, people like her give you the fuller picture. You know, we, we have so many questions and we kind of go by our gut feelings and we also go by what we see on these shows. And man, you know how much I love Bravo, but at the same time, I just felt like I said, there was a disappointment after the third part of the reunion because I feel like we didn't get these answers. We know that Monica wasn't coming back at that point, but then we didn't get these answers of exactly why. And there seemed to be, or from that three-part reunion, there seemed to be a little bit of a double standard. Uh, I also did a Patreon episode with Laura Beth Harp, who took all of my notes on Salt Lake City this season, and she just, I had such a fabulous conversation with her on yesterday, Friday. And I put that out and we kind of, you know, went over her feelings on the season. And we talked a lot about like Vanderpump rules and things like that. But it was another thing about talking about just moments where Monica failed at the reunion. She had months to prepare some kind of answer. And at certain points, she just checked out. And we saw her do that before. Like, remember the butter churning episode with the bonnets that I love? You remember when she just kind of checked out at the end? She was like... I'm done. I just don't think I'm going to go to Bermuda. And in these important moments, you can't check out. Now, since, uh, you know, even in the last couple of days, Monica's been out there. She's been busy. She was at like a club appearance, I believe, last night. She called into the Twats podcast, the two T's in a pod with uh, Freddie and Tamara. And, you know, she also is going to be uh, Bethany Garcia, friend of the pod, the Garcia Diaries, her podcast. She's doing a live show in Arizona this upcoming Friday, I believe. And Monica is going to be her guest. Now, Bethany was on my podcast a couple of months ago and said she was friends with Monica. So I think this is such a great booking. And I would even be curious. I mean, hopefully people are going to be asking these questions, but I would just be so curious if she understands why there is such a big question mark. And if you put yourself out there in this sense and get proven to be a burner account, you have to realize the audience is also going to potentially think that you did send those tax documents to Meredith, that you did try to take down other cast members. And unfortunately, the onus is on her to actually prove that she didn't. The thing about being a proven liar is you then are, you know, you're up on suspicion on so many other things, even if you don't think that is deserved or not. And I'll be so curious what Monica feels a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. And I'm also going to be curious what these other ladies are going to go through as well. I was speculating on the Patreon, what you don't want is you don't want all of these Salt Lake City ladies to think, oh my God, we are on top of the world, we're stars. And then even them having to push harder in that first week of filming to prove how good they are without Monica, because that's what you don't want either, right? You don't want them being like, oh my God, we have to literally kill each other in this first week just to prove the audience wrong. So I'm really excited about where Salt Lake is going to go. I think, unfortunately or fortunately, this Monica story is far from over, and it'll be interesting to see how Bravo kind of rides that lightning and is able to incorporate that at the same time giving respect to, you know, what we're calling now the core four, plus Angie K. <laughs> Angie K has definitely earned her, her spot on the starting lineup of Salt Lake City. So Kate Arthur... I mentioned this in the beginning. I talk about her all the time on this show. You would be doing yourself a favor if you read everything that she writes for Variety. I just, I don't know a more respected person in journalism for the things that we love. 
and she always just adds such a layer of credibility. So I was just severely geeking out. I want you guys to listen to this. I want you to pass it around. I want you to go watch that Making a Scene, which I'm going to link in the show notes. And there's also, um, uh, you know, a further interview, a written interview with Heather Gay that actually, you know, gives a little bit more than the Making a Scene video. So go check that out. I want Kate to come back on. So we got to show her love, even though, you know, just the, the her work is just chef's kiss. So ladies and gentlemen, this is about Salt Lake City, about the reunion about the piece that she released. And I think it is just such a perfect end, a capper to the season on something that we've been talking about since the beginning. So I hope you really enjoy this. I hope you're having the best weekend ever. And I will be back on Monday with a pop culture roundup where we'll talk about the Beverly Hills reunion, where we had a Kathy Hilton surprise appearance. I'll be talking about the Eds the new two teas in a pod spinoff with Freddie Mellencamp and Tamara's husband. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's not a joke. That's a real thing. But for this next hour, sit back, relax with Kate Arthur and myself talking about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Folks, today is a very special day. My next guest, if you listen to this show, I bring up at least once every two weeks. Uh, There is not a week that goes by that I don't read something amazing, that I don't get turned on to a new show, that I don't read a brilliant interview from. I followed her before I ever thought about podcasting. She has an insanely long and distinguished career in journalism. Currently, she is an editor at large at Variety. And uh, she even recently did, I just talked about this, uh, she did a direct TV variety women in reality TV kind of summit where she hosted a brilliant panel of women legends in the field and had this brilliant moment with Kyle Richards that I just thought was so amazing. But most recently, and what we're going to talk about today is something that just dropped after the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City part three reunion on variety. There was a great sit down interview with Heather Gay. But on top of that, there is a 30 
minute making a scene that interviews uh, Shed uh, executive uh, Shed producer Lisa Shannon, Lori Gordon, who was actually there in Bermuda, and of course Andy Cohen and Heather Gay. Um, this to me is the fourth part of the reunion, so it is must see viewing. And after you listen to this, I want you to go watch this. So, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Kate Arthur is with us today. Kate, thank you so much for being here. Ryan, I'm so glad that this is happening. I'm thrilled. Uh, I, I just have to say, you, you knocked this out of the park. And one of those things, you know, we've we've shared some DMs in the past. And I will say, if I have a way of thinking, and then you kind of put an idea in my head, or I read something you say, you are what I call a reliable narrator. And I will shift my way of thinking and go, well, I really trust you and how you view things. Now, taking apart Salt Lake City Season four, which you point out in your article, what an amazing season this was. How do you go about piecing together a sit down with Heather Gay and a sit down with all of these executives? How do you kind of take in what us, the viewers, want to know, what you want to know, all of that? Yeah, I had been. Thank. First of all, thank you so much for your kind words. That's lovely. Thank you. I really, I'm an avid listener. So, um, oh my god, I'm so sorry, Kate. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, um, so I, I knew that whatever happened in the finale was, I mean, we'd all figured out that it was going, you know, it involved Heather clearly and all signs seemed to be pointing toward Monica. And when they started bringing up DMs and Instagram or whatever, the long story short, I had requested uh, if I could talk to Heather as a postmortem for the finale, this is, you know, in like early-ish December. And, um, and, you know, I was talking to the show publicist and uh, and she said, I don't know who she talked to, but basically the answer was no, <laughs> because, <laughs> of, <laughs> because of... It, it, first of all, it was the, the holidays and I would have had to get the episode like before Christmas in order to talk to her. That was impossible. I think they were editing it pretty close. I mean, the we'll finale that aired on January 2nd yes, with the receipts exactly. proof and, and timeline. We'll get, and we'll get to how brilliant that episode was later, I'm sure. But um, it just wasn't going to be deliverable at all. And so, I, you know, the holidays complicated it. But she was like, let's revisit after you've seen it and, um, and during the reunions. So I had already had that idea to interview Heather. Um, and I, at, at the very dinner that you're talking about, the direct TV variety women and reality dinner, I had been seated next to Heather. It was very funny. It was like me at the very end of a long line of housewives. <laughs> like it was like yeah. Teresa, Candy. I know Kyle. it was a wild night. It was like it was wild to see that in person. It was it was insane. I have a I took a video of all of the place cards and then me at the end. So Heather was sitting next to me and we'd hit it off and you know we had a great time talking the whole time. So I I what I thought I hoped she would want to speak with me. So, um, so I, you know, I watched the finale. I'm like, you know, my mouth is, my jaws dropped to <laughs> the floor. It was unbelievable. And then I reiterated, like, not only do I want to talk to Heather, but we'd love to do uh, a making a scene, which is a, a variety uh, video feature that um, my colleague, 
uh, Meredith Warner came up with. So, and we did one for Vanderpump Rules in yeah. um, in June, and it was about the Raquel confession. You had Alex, you had Alex Baskin, and you had yes. I mean, you completed that. Yes. And it was we another Sheena, great piece. Yeah, we had and and um, anyway, so they were familiar with the format and wanted to work with us on that. So. Um, and this one, this one was similar. We, we figured out who the different players would be. Um, uh, Lisa Shannon and Lori Gordon are, I guess they're LA based. So they were able to come into our studio at the office. Um, luckily it was Sundance. So Heather drove to park city and I interviewed her, the, the video, our video crew was there and I interviewed her, I was over zoom and she was in person and then Andy, we did over Zoom. And, um, you know, I had warned the publicist. I said, I'm going to, I've heard that Monica isn't coming back and I'm going to be asking everyone about that. I don't think Heather knows yet. And they don't really tell the cast these kinds yeah. of things. But, um, but I'm definitely going to be asking Lisa and Lori and I'm going to be asking Andy also. Um, and I'm just telling you, I'd, you know, please remind them that this is going up after the finale. And so if they can break that news with us, that would be great. And then of course we got scooped by that Dave Quinn at people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, but that's, that's okay. Anyway, that long story short, that is how it came together. Um, but going into that, I mean, you obviously are the voice of the viewer in a lot of ways because you're a viewer yourself. I mean, sure what am. did you want to know after seeing that uh, that finale and after seeing the reunions or I don't know how many you had seen at that point? What was in your mind of like, I need to hit these beats because you have the Monica, yeah. but you also have the black eye. And then in the making a scene, you oh, have yeah. to include physical production of taking us behind the curtain yeah. of how these things are pieced together. I wanted to know, we've seen Heather get that phone call. We saw it in the cold open of this season premiere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and and I loved this. This almost never happens in reality um, where there's an arc, um, like as if it's a scripted show, like Breaking yeah. Bad, like with a plane crash, <laughs> yes. like whatever season that was. Um, uh, so I, I loved that. And I thought it was so well-produced and well-put-together. And, um, you know, it was a great season anyway. Like, if the Monica reveal had never happened, it still would have been fantastic. So um, I wanted to know what happened after Heather hung up the phone. (laughs) Like, how how did the beach situation, um, the big little lies moment, like, what, how did that happen where where were angie and monica like yes you know um poor angie i know i don't even think that was in the video but they said that they were getting their hair and makeup done so um yeah it's in the article actually and and you 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 do this great i mean it really does paint that picture and what i found so impressive it's almost like heather gay having to pitch the executives of why this means something having to explain because Lori gordon she's having to catch her up to what reality bond tease is because she tells Lori and Lori. He's like, okay, what does that mean? And Heather has to take her through it. Like she's pitching a show almost. Yes. And also, I mean, it's very clear that Reality Von Tees was attacked Heather the most, I think because Jen Shaw attacked Heather the most and was the meanest to her, even though they were 
you know, I'm doing air quotes here, close friends. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she, so w- first of all, backing up a tiny bit, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City are on and of the internet in a way that I think other housewives casts aren't. And it's really interesting and very strange. And one thing that didn't make the video was just that Lisa and Lori said that this has Salt Lake City is so tiny. And so these women are in the stratosphere of celebrity in Salt Lake City. And it's really kind of altered the town, you know, like, and it's like, a, yeah. you know, which actually gives more context to what like Angie says of like, you're ruining my reputation uh, yes. in the reunion. And, you know, it really does kind of give more of a sense of how small that community is. Or like, I always joke about the mean streets of Salt Lake City, because they always make it sound like, oh, it's going around Salt Lake City. And I'm like, what is this place? Because I've been there for Sundance, but it seems like wild. But this article kind of puts that more in context of what all of this really means. And that's what I think you do really well. I mean, just really great at painting that picture. But it is interesting, though, from a production angle to really catch up with them, because that's where a lot of my questions lied and you got answers because it's like, well, how do you at that moment in she gets that phone call, Heather, she has to pitch it to Lori. She has to get to a place where they can have the big little lies beach scene yeah. and then still go to the dinner. And in your interview, you even mentioned Heather said that last dinner, she thought it was going to be kind of a celebration. And if anything, she was going to question Meredith Marks in regards to the Angie K DMs. And so then it became a little more believable for me that production didn't know. I still have some questions about Heather and that phone call, but you really painted that picture that I think sometimes the show was not, I don't know if they didn't have time or they didn't think it was worth it, but you painted that fuller picture. Was that what you were hoping to do? Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I obviously wondered as likely everyone did. I know you did when production knew, you know, what production knew about Monica and when did they know, know, know it. And, you know, I mean, vetting, obviously, I guess, I mean, what they said was, you know, an anonymous account isn't going to come up in our vetting, you know? And I'm like, everyone needs to take people's computers, do a forensic (laughs) analysis, you know, like, it's just like, of course, it's not going to, but it is hard to imagine, I don't know. In this day and age. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I guess it's not possible like to do like a standard background check and find out about that kind of thing. And I know they look at people's social medias, social media, especially after the Jenny disaster uh, of, you know, at the beginning of season three, when the racist memes that she'd posted were, you know, were they still on Facebook? (laughs) I think I, I think they were actually. I, I mean, think some people have pointed good. that out. You know, so they they you know they might need to think about these things more. But but um, you know, it's like was Monica a plant? Um, was she put there to set up the women in some way? You know, but so I was curious about that also. And obviously, as we saw during the reunion, um, Lisa Barlow and Heather were also kind of brokenhearted at the idea that they might have been set up in this way. But it was so clear, speaking with Lisa and Lori, that they had no idea. And um, and that, you know, they, they actively, just back to my point about being on and of the internet, they have had to actively discourage the Salt Lake City women 
many times, they said, from having conversations and plot lines about internet feuds, like, and things that happen on the internet. They're like, no one cares about this. Talk about your (laughs) own relationships, like stop it. So like, that's why Heather said, like, she wasn't even sure whether they were going to allow her to confront Monica that because they've said so many times, stop talking about things that happen on Instagram and on, you know, and on Twitter or wherever. So she was very much full of doubt, she said, when she hung up the phone, whether she was going to be able to, because there had already been a plan for dinner. They were going to play that game with the dolls that they'd made during the butter training. <laughs> and that's why the Meredith doll was on her plate. On Heather's she, plate, yeah. It was on Heather's plate because she was supposed to say to uh, to Meredith, why are you not defending yourself more about these DMs. Like you clearly didn't send them. Like what's yeah. going on? And try to snap her out of it. And uh and so but then something else came up. So she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to derail the plan that we have for the season four finale, since that was what it was going to be. I mean, the other thing and hearing your your questions with production, and I, I do wonder, and I don't know if you were able to ask at any point of you know, going forward, does this make you rethink the breaking of the fourth wall? Because I believe that's the brave new world. You know, other reality shows have done it, but I feel like Bravo obviously shies away from it. And in your interview, you know, Andy said, yeah, I've always kind of discouraged it as well. But I will say I love this. And I wonder if moving forward, and I think we're going to see this with the new season of Vanderpump Rules, a little bit more of that fourth wall breaking. And were you able to ask them if they are going to change their vetting process in the future? Because they have new cast members that start filming February 5th. Your article points out that's the beginning of the shoot. And I do know there are new cast members. Um, I I heard that. Um, That's very exciting. I I, I don't know. I mean, at one point... At one point, this obviously wasn't in the video, but at one point, Lori turned to Lisa and she was like, I don't know, is there another level of vetting where we could find anonymous <laughs> accounts? Like, you know, they don't they don't know either. Like, and, you know, and obviously we're about to enter into this world of AI and who even knows oh, what's Oh, God, deep fake, yeah. And so, uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, they don't want to... Um, they don't want to not have anyone who's ever said something mean on Instagram, you know? I mean, you'll have nobody on the cast. I mean, even Lisa Barlow, I mean, even all those ladies, that's what's so interesting is that Heather makes the point too, of that this bonded them together, the core four in ways that she couldn't have possibly imagined. And I do actually buy into that. I do believe that this made them stronger as the core four, but I do want to point out, like you said, even if Monica didn't exist, this season would have been pretty decent because they were going at each other pretty heavily. And yeah. if anything, this actually kind of cemented Angie K. This benefited Angie K in a lot of ways. Um, so I thought it was really interesting to think about it in terms of like, I'm not a sports guy, but in terms of going into a next season, you do still have these relationships that I don't think all hope is lost because Monica is not there. I don't believe that at all. I just yeah. personally would have liked to have seen how you walk through the fire and let Monica even hang herself even more. Um, and also then, from an investigative journalist mind or a journalist mind, you know, I just keep going back to the Monica thing is that, well, you could put together Monica's friends with Koa, Monica's friends with Tanisha, Tanisha does Heather's hair as a producer. Wouldn't you be like, obviously, you know, then Jen Shaw is involved. It does come out in production that the first episode, Lisa Barlow uh, has a lunch 
with uh, Angie K, where she brings up, oh, I, I remember you. You're in the airport with Jen. You, you know, so we do know that relationship was already talked about. I just wonder sometimes in terms of production, were they kicking themselves at all of like, oh, man, we should have potentially looked into this deeper? I don't know, Ryan. I mean, I th- feel like obviously these women want the show to be good, right? So like if midway through the season, they're like the four of them are, you know, with Angie, the five of them, like this is not, this is a disaster. Nothing's happening. Yeah. I wonder whether they would be convincible to, you know, have Monica appear or whatever. I have no knowledge of that whatsoever. I just, when, you know, Lisa and Lori both said like cooling off period, the women need a minute, the door isn't closed, you know, like things like that. And so, you know, never say never, but I do wonder Heather obviously has drawn a line in the sand. Yeah. Um, and I think Lisa Barlow has too. But I do feel like the idea of even asking people to film with someone who, you know, Monica's the entertainment value aside, um, you know, a- according to Heather in the reunion, recorded herself outside of Jen Shaw's house 20 times. Um, and, you know, stalking, that's what it's called, and uh, claimed that it was because the FBI had asked her to uh, try to catch her uh, drunk driving. Um, like, this God. is a woman who I think when she's talking, she's lying. And, oh, yeah. I mean, um, and, the, and bad. She's not even that good at it either. There's such ridiculous lies that that's what's frustrating. And you make that like you even ask Heather, like she had months to prepare what she would say at the reunion. And the burn book, I think she meant it to be funny and like a kumbaya moment of like, guys, I'm making fun of myself, too. And it didn't land at all. But she had no. months to prepare. And then she comes with bad lies, not even good, believable lies. Yeah, I mean. And saying, uh, uh, did an interview with her for the cut. Um, and you know, she said that that wasn't the real casting email that she sent. And it's like, it's like, how do we know any of this? You know? And, and and, yes. and, And, and she says, and she held this against them so much. Um, you know, I turned on Jen Shaw and spoke with federal law enforcement about her. How do we know? How do we know that? Yes. And I yes. asked Lisa and Lori that. I was like, do you know that from any, like in, in some tangible fact? I've tried to find witness lists against Jen Shaw and haven't. I don't know whether those exist in the public record at all. I don't know who testified against her or who gave depositions against her, but she also worked with her without for her without pay for three to four months. Like this isn't someone who actually knew her that well. I don't know. It's just all very like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with the women saying we can't have this person among us. She's dangerous. And, and people are so mad about that. And it's like, I mean, I I understand. I don't even want her. I don't want her to know I exist. Like I was like, shall I take my pilot? 
<laughs> yeah, we it's, don't we don't want another Scamanda, a Scamonica, if you will. Oh, yeah. um, exactly. But you, you know, you are right, and that's why I think this article and the video was very important to put a lot of things in context. That the show was, I mean, the show was trying to do even the third part of the reunion. I was still uh, trying to struggle with how bad this was and trying to understand why the ladies were in fear of this account when I could give you ten names of accounts that repost really bad things about housewives. But they almost even do it in a like get guess what this housewife said about this housewife. So and 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 in this day and age, you can't be as fragile as a housewife because everybody yeah. will be talking about you, and that's the bad part of this. So I so your article and the video really helped put that into context of okay, this is starting to make a little more sense in regards to Heather saying. Uh, it would comment on my looks. It would comment on if somebody, if I unfollowed somebody on social media, it would comment on this. And I get that can be completely annoying. The Jen Shaw of it all, though, that's the thing is that Andy made this point. And in the video, Andy says, I made this connection. You can see that all of these women in some way were affected to actually make different terms of decisions and behavior because of this person. And I feel like once again, though, Jen Shaw, even though she's in prison, she's really escaped this kind of public persecution from yeah. the ladies. And that all went to Monica. And that's, I mean, Kate, how much do I have to pay Variety to do a making a, making a scene of the black eye? How much? <laughs> I you am get so, to ask Heather about it. You get to I ask just, Heather about I'm, it. I was so, I don't care about the black eye. I just, I mean, I, I care about it to the extent that it was, a trauma for production, I guess. I mean, I just, that was, I never want to think about season three of the real housewives of Salt Lake city again. It was so bad. <laughs> and the gen of it all, I mean, the fact that it had to premiere after she had <laughs> pleaded guilty oh and, um, and we had to watch her for months say that she'd done nothing wrong. I'm like, Oh my God. And she didn't even go to the reunion. As you say, there was never a public reckoning for Jen Shaw, except for the fact that she's currently sitting in prison. So Monica can't say that Jen Shaw has been, been, you know, that she has been treated worse than Jen Shaw since Jen Shaw is currently incarcerated. So, um, you know, she's had to pay for her crimes much more than Monica, who has simply been put on pause from a reality show. But, um, you know, I do think that one of the things that people just from looking at Twitter, where it's almost bot like the support of Monica and I'm, it's almost, a, it's suspicious actually. Like it's like, uh, you know, or, or maybe the Venn diagram of, of how ugly Twitter is these days and people who are pro Monica are like exactly <laughs> aligned. But, um, but it's like the fact that people um, somehow don't understand that a person can learn from their experiences, right? Like they, Heather, Meredith, Lisa, uh, they were all friends with Jen and to different varying extents and tr traumatized by her. Um, and, you know, they're all like, yeah, we learned from our mistakes with her and we're not going to do that again, especially with someone we don't even know. So that's like a, something that I don't really get why it's confusing to people. Like what they're saying is we don't want to go through this again, especially on camera with someone who is evil to us and yeah. doesn't have our best interests at heart. Like Monica I, was lying the entire time. So like, 
Well, I anyway, think, I think about the online support, which you, you're co- completely correct in. But I think the online support for me personally, it's not in support of Monica. It's in support of this show. And I think certain things like Heather Gay, who she points out, you know, she was holding a secret for that year. That's why the black eye is so important, even though we yeah. don't, you know, it's like, oh, God, we're over the black eye. But it is important because she kept a lie. She yeah. did the exact same thing, not at to the extent, but you know, similar lies that Monica would do. And she kept it for a year, but also she was allowed to change and she was allowed to actually grow and actually then use that Monica moment as a time to come out with her truth. And that's the thing about Monica. So it's not in pro Monica, but it's like, well, we always overuse the word grace in housewives. Is there any kind of grace to give? And also two things can be true at once. Monica can have done all of this stuff and Monica could still want to be on the show. Like that was the other confusing thing. Heather kept saying, you know, she did this to get on the show. I don't think she was driving by Jen's house 20 times a day to get on the show, because if that was the case, she wouldn't be on the show if they knew about it. Right. So that was confusing to me. I I just think I would have liked to have seen how they dug themselves out of this, but you're right. That so much of that trust is broken where the core four, they've known each other for so many seasons and years now that it's easier to move on and never say never. I just kind of wanted to see her bury herself even deeper because like you said, and I said, I, the lies are so ridiculous at a certain point. And yeah, the video camera with Jen Shaw, I'm no Jen Shaw supporter, but that's, that's pretty gross. But she was exposing Jen Shaw being horrible to her employees. I don't know. The, the Jen Shaw thing just keeps her by, by accessing the security cameras in her home, which she's like, it was my account. Like I, that is so scary. Like I can't even, I don't know whether it's illegal in Utah to do that, but how is it not? I mean, well, if she she did, if she did set up the account in her name, she says the COA footage was not from that, that she recorded that on her phone, but they're all sure that it was. So I just think, and there's definitely audio. If you look at, if you listen to Reality Von Tees 2 from the beginning, it starts posting, I think, on um, March 1st, March, 2021. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of audio that I can only assume is recorded from within Jen Shah's house. Like, ah, like, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> I, like, how is it? I would not, again, a hundred yards, stay away. Like, I don't, you know, I'm scared in retrospect that I was at BravoCon with this person. Like, I, I just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's so, um, and I think that there is a certain online element. Reddit obviously actually is much more anti-Monica and understanding of why the, the women ladies. wouldn't want to be with her. Um, but I, I do think another thing about the black eye, just to circle back to your original question, is that Heather is sorry. Heather apologized. She's deeply sorry. She's deeply ashamed. Monica did not apologize during that reunion. I mean, at one point, I think she screeches, right. I do regret it or something like that. But it's like not framed in any way as an apology. It's like a grand triumph of her, you know, Monica eight. You know, Monica, Monica's reads like it's like that's 
<laughs> like it's not. No, her own behavior gets in her own way time and time again. And when she, I, I joke about it on the show, like her potty mouth, it kind of disintegrates anything that she says after it when you start off with a biatch. When you start off with that, we all, we kind of tune out and it becomes one gigantic noise and it doesn't do her any favors. And Lisa Barlow is so funny, but Lisa Barlow was even like, you don't argue well. And she's right. Monica doesn't argue well. And that was the time to do it. And yes, it was her first time. The other thing that I thought was so great you hit with them is why they decided to do the reality bond tease at the latter half or like, you know, towards the yeah. end of the reunion. And they, you, you got the answer of they, you know, they wanted to warm her up, get her comfortable. Do you think in retrospect, this was a mistake? Which was a mistake. To, to bring it up so late in the oh. reunion that we got to it in the third part. They were already filming for six hours, six to seven hours that day before they got into it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether it was a mistake. I, I don't, I, I felt, did, did you not like part three of the reunion? By part three, I thought some of the air got let out of the bag. And of course we had the people magazine thing, letting us know Monica. Yeah. So we went in as an audience, a little glum. And I thought, wow, the, the inciting incident of the entire season. And you could actually say this was the through line. If you encounter, mm -hmm. if you put in the Angie DMS, we only got, close to two segments. And then we moved on to Heather's black guy. I wanted yeah. it at the beginning. So then we could course correct with Monica because I know yeah. Andy gave her these lifelines of like, do you understand? Do you this? Right. I felt like if we had done this in the beginning, you could have then had the rest no, of the day to give her more lifelines. If, if yeah. you wanted, because you can tell Andy and even the producers kind of said there might be a way forward if she can argue her case. The Supreme oh, yeah. Court no, of Andy Public Opinion. The Court of the Housewives. When yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do feel that, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether, like, Monica's, I mean, she seems very charming and funny, but her, her life is pretty dark, you know? And so I don't yeah. know whether talking to her about her mother is warming her up sufficiently. <laughs> like this is like trauma yeah, that is so deep to me. And I didn't like, I mean, I found it to be interesting, but I did not like watching those scenes between her and her mother. And then when the video came out, the, was that the night of the finale um, of it was no, mother? it was the, I think the, first part of the reunion that video with her mom came out if i'm not mistaken that was maybe, you know what i could be i could be wrong it could be the finale I it was but right yeah after the finale but um that tanisha started or i guess she said that, that she didn't drop that 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 whoever leaked it leaked it um but i thought that that was i don't know that was just a horrible nightmare mommy dearest uh just the the stuff going on between the two of them is so depressing and sad. And so real. And, and I, so I don't know how much we were warming her up, but you know, that's another thing. Like, you know, her mother is saying you're an actress and your job is to get screen time. Like if I were the producers, I'd be like, this is someone who will do anything, you know? Um, and to, to, to do this job and it, you know, that would give me pause personally, but, um, but it also leads me to question housewives in general of like, you know, even looking at Anna Marie Wiley on Beverly Hills this season, like, you know, she keeps pushing this one note because she must think this one note about an esophagus works. And I do wonder, like, you can tell they're trying to make a splash. You can even make the argument Noella from OC a couple of seasons ago. Um, they're trying uh -oh. to throw everything against the wall to make some sort of moment for themselves. So I don't really 
Like I do, you know, like, of course, that's really hard to hear with that mom conversation. But it's I, I do assume that a lot of these housewives have those thoughts of I need to show up. And what I loved about your uh, the interview with the pr- production, it, it really clarifies that these ladies don't know where they stand with production. Sometimes it's not like yeah. they're shared with the edit they're, They don't know. They Heather didn't know that Monica wasn't coming back when you interviewed her. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and um, I think she'd heard some things, um, but yeah. I, I uh, was able to tell her during the when we were filming the interview, I said, here's what Lisa and Lori said. Um, I hadn't interviewed Andy yet, so he hadn't confirmed it, but I knew that Bravo was going to do this with us. But um, but yeah, I mean, um, but she, I don't think, she, I don't, I don't know whether Heather, I don't know whether they would have quit, you know? Like, I, I just think that... Um, We'll never know, obviously, but um, but I do think that um, Heather, of all of them, I mean, I, she's the only one I've spoken to, but that she that this was really, really a line in the sand for her, and um, and, and actually, I think the other ladies followed suit. I think Heather, yeah. I mean, and I, I do believe they felt that way, but Heather, that you know, we were all questioning why Heather was sitting next to Andy at the reunion before we saw the finale. And then when you watch the reunion and you find out, like, you're like, oh, that's the only option to have those two. And by the way, the third part for me is really Monica Heather. And yeah. Heather won hands down, if you are to compare, Heather told a more compelling story. She knows how to like, I mean, she really is able to narrate a scenario in a way that Monica isn't. So there was like just not even a competition if you're going to pit them against each other, which I think a lot of us do. But also, can you speak to the point of us as an audience? And like you said online, we are so desensitized um, at this point because of reality TV in a sense, or maybe pop culture in general, um, is that the finale is so brilliant. It's such a great hour of television. But at the same time, it's because, you know, like they said, they even uh, the the receipts, but like the producer was like, yeah, we really beefed it up in the sound. You know, they put the bam, bam. Yeah, I just thought how brilliant that they even knew what they had to work with. And it just shows the elements all coming together to make a great hour of television. Yeah. But the reality Vontees of it all, I just love that they took it so seriously because I remembered that account and it was you know, I write, I mean, I think accounts are silly all day. I'm like, oh yeah, they're just put, you know, like I kind of roll my eyes a lot, even at my own accounts. And I just think that's, what's funny is that, but they just did it so well. What a great hour of television. Well, I think they felt like they were very much under pressure because I know that Lori, well, first of all, she said that, that, that she had no, Lori doesn't have social media, she said. So, um, so Heather's literally having to explain to her how Instagram <laughs> works and like probably showed her the DMs and she showed Andy too. And Andy was like, wow, this is multiple times a day, you know? And uh, so, so I think they were very nervous about this because it is hard to tell a story that takes place on the internet and on social media. So, so Lori said that she was, had it in her mind, even after the right after the filming that they were going to do all the time jump stuff. Um, and, and obviously they put the phone call as the cold open of the entire season. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I think that, and Andy said that he was so confused 
when he heard about what had happened in Bermuda that he was like kind of bummed. Like he was like, okay, I don't really understand. And Lisa Shannon said that she was like, what's a reality Von Tease? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I think they were really nervous about how this was going to play out visually. And luckily they had, you know, they had the beach scene and they had uh, the dinner, which were, was spectacular, literally. So um, they had the visual elements to go along with it. But I mean, all the fourth wall breaking, I wish they did it all the time. I don't I really understand why Andy doesn't love it. But like, um, so, you know, I, I love the fourth wall breaking and I wish that they um, did it often. And I don't know why Andy doesn't like it. I loved watching all the people inside the house scurrying around. I know, but that's what it gives you. It gives you goosebumps because it makes you realize how real that is. It makes you realize, oh, we're in a real scenario that people are actually working behind the scenes. And I love those moments. And hopefully Andy backtracks on that because I remember Andy a long time ago saying, we'll never have like a shared universe. You're not going to see ultimate girls trip. You're not going to see crossover. And then he changed his mind. And I thought it was such a smart decision. Hopefully he'll change his mind on this because I think that's the only way to actually combat everything that happens online because so much is happening on a daily basis in terms of these shows. I think it's the way to really lean into this and make it that, you know, if not the second screen experience is going to surpass the actual show and the story. And I think that's the toughest job they have. You saw it with Vanderpump rules last season of evolution did a really great job of riding that lightning and teasing it out. And once they found out really, I I thought, wow, I've never seen a production company really be able to ride that. And they did it so well. And I just wonder in the future, they've got to be paying attention to those two examples that kind of have made national news. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, let's see if this one gets an Emmy nomination also, because what ends up being, you know, the entire Scandaval finale was breaking the fourth wall. Um, The way they, Ariana told the story at the beginning, Ariana and Tom Sandoval, like everything, you know, showing the TMZ, all of the headlines, you know, like, and that was, that was incredible and obviously got them an Emmy nomination. So um, let's see what happens here, but I don't know. Everyone, everyone loves it. I understand why I think Andy thinks that just don't overuse it, you know, but yeah. um, And he said, he just said it's a conversation every single time. And obviously Vanderpump rules isn't Andy as an executive producer, but I think that Bravo is hesitant Anyway, but let's see also with Summer House what happens with um, Carl and Lindsay. So That's another thing. But I, I think yeah. you're right. I actually said this on the show is that I think there's a good chance Salt Lake will get an Emmy nomination just because we've broken that seal with Vanderpump Rules and people are starting to come to this. But also I think it's people like you that actually we respect that you actually cover this beat in a way. Why do you push to, I mean, do you push to cover reality television? Because by the way, if you follow Kate, she interviews everybody. I mean, directors, writers, not just reality television. Why do you gravitate towards this? Um, I have been, I was an OG OC viewer. I remember getting the screener, um, of the Real Housewives of Orange County and watching it and being like, huh, this is something, you know, like I'd never seen, I, you know, I'd 
it was obviously kind of had echoes of Laguna Beach, uh, which had <laughs> had just been popular um, a few years earlier. And it was supposed to be a reality version of Desperate Housewives. I got all of that. But I was like, this, these are really interesting women. And, you know, I've said this a million times. So like, uh, you know, like stop me if it, you know, but I do feel that obviously Real Housewives started out being um, kind of an affluenza project, like let's gawk at these women. Um, Behind the and, gates. Yeah. And then, and then I do feel that the Real Housewives, um, you know, over the many years that it's been on has turned into an ongoing documentary project about the lives of American women. And I, that's like, I think it's like as important as, you know, any other form of art and that it's just a fascinating, fascinating, you know, project. And, and there are way too many of them on at the given, at any given moment now, <laughs> like with um, Ultimate Girls Trip and, you know, like I'm just, I'm drowning it's a full-time in it. job. It's a full-time job to keep well, up with. You, and you have to like kill your yeah. darlings. You have to be like, okay, I guess I'm going to watch this for enjoyment and not cover it on the show. And then you're like, oh, I made the wrong decision. I should have covered this. It's wild that they give you this much in the ecosystem to talk about these days. But to answer your question, I'm not, I don't have to argue about this. Everyone is very happy. They realize it's a force. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, uh, and, you know, people like reading about it. So I'm not like, you know, let's, let me write about this tiny show on Apple TV that no one's ever heard of and no (laughs) one will read. Um, You know, it's, it's, uh, oh yeah, these are very popular stories and, you know, and, And everyone understands, I think. Yeah, but to not to not butter you up too much, but you give the genre credibility because they're popular, but all things popular doesn't mean they're good. I think somebody like you with your voice gives it this credibility that I think it deserves. And that's why I'm always fighting of like, oh, look at this person talking about this in a realistic, very smart way. I was just reading a book about Pauline Kael, uh, hmm. the the old reviewer. And I was like, ah, yeah. you know, there's like similarities for me with you, with Pauline. And I just thought uh, not to compare you at all, but I'm sorry to make that comparison, but no, it's one great. of those things you want those people that you trust that actually kind of, but, but regardless, um, moving forward, as we start winding down a little bit, um, you got Andy to say at the very end of the interview, um, you know, talking about top 10 housewives, uh, yes. uh episodes, you yeah. said, Hey, he goes, Salt Lake has two of them now. The finale and that beauty lab and laser with Jen Shaw and the Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's pretty good. And this is like really just fortifies them pushing out new franchises because this got announced at the first Bravo con and look where we yeah. are now. And you could tell he's yeah. very proud of this. Well, and, and I, in order to prepare for, um, for the, these interviews, I rewatched those season two episodes, the Jen Shaw arrest. And then the ones when they go to, is it Vale or is it Aspen? Whatever, wherever they're yeah. going to, um, and, and, you know, they talk about getting mysterious anonymous texts in those episodes um, that they thought were Jen. And now I wonder about everything, you know, like exactly. I, I would like there to be a forensic investigation of the DMs, no. um, you know, uh, because the assumption is 
that Monica was behind the DMs to Meredith and to Monica DMing herself about Angie and her um, business troubles um, or that I guess aren't true or whatever. And then, and then presumably that would mean the Lisa Barlow SEC filing um, the in season three. I mean, are there really a, a ton of trolls in Utah? I mean, maybe like Angie H. Well, the way they high- talk about the mean streets of Salt Lake, you never know. Right. I mean, like honestly, right. no, you. That's what I said in my uh, my recap last night. I was trying to make heads or tails of this, and that's why I was like, God, we need like a Meta employee out there. We need we need these housewives to like sign a waiver saying that we can look into your DMs. We can't like yes. because no, it made me think back. I'm like, well. Also, in terms of Meredith and the Lisa Barlow rumor about the jazz tickets, like who gave oh Meredith God. that information? Was that right. a DM as well? Was that yeah. and and the further I got into the recap last night, because I was kind of not angry at Heather, but I just was angry that Heather was able to position her story way better because it was all thought out and potentially real. And Monica just I I, I kind of rooted for Monica, and it just didn't come together at all for me. No. But it did make me think if we can prove that she actually sent those uh, DMs about Angie, then she definitely was continually after the cast, not wanting to be friends. It proves Heather's point entirely with that thing. If she was trying to take Angie down, and that was the thing I kept putting in my, like, why Angie? Why Angie? And then I was like, well, is it, you know, did she know this information? Was Jen pulling information on all these ladies? And she collected that information and took it for like, it just led me down this rabbit hole of like, okay, was this Monica all along? And why would Monica? Oh, that was the other thing your article did. Great. You gave me the information I wanted to know. Heather said she was, she was actually posting as reality bontees during filming. And that was not brought up on the episodes. And that I said, if you can show that Monica was posting, yeah. then that really is another abuse of privacy that would make it totally understandable to not have her back. And Heather in that article says she was. Well, and yes, exactly. And and the other thing was there were those screenshots um, that like came out a couple of weeks before the finale of the Reality Vontee's Twitter account. And- Reality Von Tees, I assume Monica, had been tweeting the season and ripping them to shreds. Um, and I don't know whether we, I didn't actually didn't talk to Heather about that. Um, but, you know, it was like Meredith up to the Bermuda trip, like up to um, like Meredith had posted uh, something um on her Twitter saying, this is what, this is what bath withdrawal looks like or something. <laughs> and reality Von tweeted it and said, or benzos, something like that, like something Whoa. vicious. Um, and that didn't come up either. And I don't know whether that they didn't discuss that at all, but that's like a real, <laughs> that's such a fuck you, you know? And I just, especially because at that point, she knew that they knew that she was reality Von Tees. And it's, it's so unrepentant. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing that I think about um, just what Heather said about uh, just Monica 
pretending that she didn't know her daughter's names, pretending she didn't know what car she drove. Like every bit of this, like obviously Meredith yells at her about um, pretending that she hadn't been in her store in Park City, but um, but every step of the way was pretending, you know, because yeah. she had been a very careful observer of their lives. I, I kept making excuses for Monica. And then each time I kind of get let down, but it's like one of the excuses I made said, okay, if she got cast on this show, I don't think she ever would have thought she actually did. But when she did, she was like, this could change my life. This could change my kid's life. And if she had stopped posting sure. from that account and said, we got to get rid of this account because I'm going on there and I want to actually give it a real shot. But the fact that she kept yes. doing it, your article pointed out, that was like, gave me real pause of like, wait a sec. What? That's like a sickness then. That's not. And I wish I, I was saving this like to question you. So I didn't include it in my recap because I want I want to surprise the audience and have you on. But it was one of those really kind of brilliant things that I was like, damn, I wish I could go back and do my recap because it really solidifies why Monica should not be back next season. And I'm not saying there's not room for her to come back, but I definitely understand why she is not back until she can actually take some sort of responsibility the only thing that I will push back on that I still don't believe is I still don't. I think Heather Gay is one of the best housewives to do it, but that also comes with some bad things. I think she still produced her own segment of getting that phone call when she did. I think she knew she was mic'd up. I know how much she loves the housewives. When I interviewed her, she said her favorite housewife was Lisa Rinna, who's also very calculated. And there is a part of me that thinks Heather said, okay, I know this information. How do I paint this in a sense where I, it might not work. And I got, I know this is conspiratorial. I know this is not, I don't want to be all qanon but that's the one thing sure. that even after watching the video and reading the article, I still didn't completely believe, I believe production. I believe all, I believe that that was the one moment. Cause I know they know when they're mic'd up still. And I know she said, well, we just got back from shopping and you even talk about yeah. the credit card of it all. Cause she knew about the beauty lab and laser right. at that point. So that's the only thing mm -hmm. that I not took umbrage, but it was the only pushback that I still kind of am on the fence about, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I, you know, it would, I, I would be sad if someone lied to my face during an interview, but, um, so it matters <laughs> oh, in sorry, that way. Sorry, sorry, Kate, but, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But I, but I, uh, there wasn't one bit of me that, I don't know. She did say that it was a compilation of more than one call. Um, yeah. So, and, and I still, you know, I, I had said to her, can, can you say who it was, who you were on the phone with? And she, I don't, I, I don't even know why she can't. I don't know. Cause it was Jen Shaw from prison, Kate. It was Jen Shaw from prison. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, that would be really crazy. But, um, uh, she, I mean, and then someone DM'd me and said, um, uh, you know, how did Heather find out about the cease and desist that, oh, yeah. um, that Jen, that Jen had sent to Monica, uh, in about whenever 2021 that was. Um, and, and I, my feeling about that, and I had, I hadn't even thought of that, uh, when I interviewed Heather, but I feel like the second they landed back in the United States, you know, Heather put on her Sherlock Holmes hat and just started digging and digging and digging. And again, Salt Lake City seems like a hotbed of gossip uh, with rumors and nastiness. <laughs> and I do think that any person who knew anything about Monica 
um, was coming to talk to Heather um, once she said, you know, here's what happened. And I don't think it would take long to find out that, oh, uh, Monica was reality Vontees. Well, Jen had sent Jen and Sharif had sent a cease and desist to her to, and co- it was it to her and Koa to stop posting, yeah. you know, two years ago or whatever it was. Um, and but it's, it's and hard so Jen, I feel Jen like Jen talked about that from prison saying they, it was also t- sent to Bravo and producers. And that's where it's like, it almost right. like, I don't know if that's to be true, true because Jen's lied about a lot of things and Monica's lied about a lot of things. So when you have liars, whatever they right. say is suspect at this point. Exactly. And, and I asked Lisa Shannon and Lori Gordon that it didn't make it into the interview, I think, but, uh, they said, um, why would why would they have shared with us uh, a cease and desist um, against someone who's not on the cast? This was two years before Monica was cast. Why would they ever even? I mean, it had nothing to do with us. Like, why would they have sent that? It it wasn't. It had nothing to do with production. It it was Jen Shaw's personal business, and as far as we know, we never got that. So, um, and that seemed true to me. Um, yeah. But the other thing was one of the things. Just to circle back for one second about the DMs is Heather said that having had months to think about it herself. Um, she also came into the reunion being like, well, why would someone have DM'd Monica about Angie yeah. when neither of them, their castings had been announced? So yeah. yes, I guess a new cast member would, dirt about them would be, be DM'd to Meredith. But why would Monica, Monica who no one even knew... names um why would that be something that monica would have received so that is to me very a kind of misstep actually like in terms of the hercule poirot gathering everyone in a room and busting them situation (laughs) like well that's why why it's so sad gotten any what's so sad that monica you know didn't have any answers for any of this she didn't come correct is that she should have prepared for all of these things and even that wasn't even asked to her but she should have had an answer she should have like made sure instead yeah. of a stupid carrot top prop with a burn book regardless i've taken so much of your time kate really quickly you saw the vanderpump rules season 11 premiere i'm sure i've seen it have you seen it yet i did are you are you yes, ready yes. to get back into the scandal waters again are you are you exhausted spiritually like i am with it or are you ready for a new season I feel stressed. I do. I feel stressed. (laughs) Um, Like I, I, you know, I mean, that season premiere um, is a lot of table setting for whatever is going to happen. Uh, You know, not not to spoil, but it's, it's pretty much catching up with where people are. It's also interesting and kind of odd that at that point they just, they were assuming that Raquel was, Rachel uh, was coming back to the show, but then she didn't. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, a, a few things are set up that don't, that we know are not going to pay off. Um, but, uh, you know, what did, what did you think of it? I thought you're right. It was like setting, setting up, picking up the pieces. Tom is omnipresent, even if his pres. well, you know, like there's, 
you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm more curious from a production angle how, like, I geek out now on production. That's why your interview was so good, because I was like, oh, good, we get to talk to people from Shed, because that's what I get really fascinated with. Like, how do you come and yeah. piece this together? Those are the documentaries I want to see. Andy talks about the conversations they have. Like, that's it, is that how, what, what story do the producers want to tell this season? Do they want to tell a Tom Sandoval redemption? Do they want to give in the opportunity to redeem? And I think even through your uh, making a scene last week with Vanderpump Rules, you do realize that these people, whether it's right or not, they care about their cast members. And even in your interview, yeah. the shed says we need the trust of our cast members. So that's what I'm interested to see of how do you coax all of these people back in a room? How do you coax them? Ariana, like Heather Gay, has drawn a line in the sand with Tom of I do not want to film solo with him. I do not want to. And that's what I'm interested to see this season. But yeah, I'm excited because that show means so much to me. I just think it's like Haley's Comet. It's only going to be that good once every 75 years or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, la yeah. that last year was lightning in a bottle, but I, I don't know. The panel at BravoCon gave me hope um, that that it would be good and, and we'll see. I mean, oh, I know it's going to be even good. If it's, it's just like, not going to be scandal level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, the there these we have been blessed <laughs> With you know, within one year of having both the Scandaval and uh, the reality of Auntie's, um, you know, yeah. and, and as we know, as people who watch The Housewives, the, those things don't come along often, um, and are is you know eclipsing everything else on Bravo right now, including shows that are having like good seasons, like Real House of Beverly Hills and Real House of Miami. Um, yeah, Miami especially. I don't feel Real it's... Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, no, it... but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, I, I think they'll, they'll do a great job with what, whatever they get. Yeah, I think as a Bravo viewer, it really is kind of, you get so, even if I get angry and upset about storylines and like the women sometimes, or even Tom, I'm just so damn proud that they're actually able to hit it out of the park. Like two of these seasons in one year gotten public attention, national attention. I'm just so damn proud to be a viewer of that network. Then it really does. I understand now what sports fans must feel like when their team hits the Super Bowl. Like I don't watch sports, but this must be what it feels like. So even if I get upset talking about them, I just love it so damn much. And Kate, I, I, I know you won't get it. And I've told you this before. You were on my bucket list of people that I've always wanted to talk with on this show. So thank you for making this a reality. I know you don't get it. I know you don't. But like, truly, you have met, meant so much to me in my pop culture life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is so nice. I don't even know what to say other than to say thank you. And this was so fun. And, you know, if, if a person Hopefully you'll come back some list, other time in uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to come, come on anytime. Uh, so guys, Kate Arthur, Making the Scene, you can find it at the Variety link, which I will provide. You can also find it on YouTube. We got to crank this thing up to a million views. You can also read the article that gives actually a fuller interview with Heather Gay. And then just put alerts on for Kate Arthur. Every time she's going to write an article, which she writes all the time, she actually just did a list of shows that you need to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, she is just worth the follow and worth everything, the worth the read. Do you got any books in your future that you're thinking about? I don't know, Ryan. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like if I were going to write a book, I would have done it already. And then I'm like, who, who would have, you know, like, it's just, I don't, I don't think so. I, I we'll disagree see. with we'll you, Kate. Life I think yes. I'm going to say yes. 
I'm going to say yes for you. I, I, my job is very, very busy and, and uh, I have two kids and, you know, but so we'll see, we'll see. I, I aspire to one day, but um, I don't, I, not, I never really have any ideas for books. So that's an issue. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, thank you for all your kind words. Yeah. Thanks for all your time today. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.